Psalm 103.5. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. I want to speak to you on the subject, renew. And that's going to be the focus of our time in prayer. God bless you. Please be seated. Amen. Well, we're in the middle, two Sundays into an Imagine Vision campaign. And I'm very excited about what the Lord is doing. Uh, on Sunday, March 19th, I'm going to do a little recap and uh, give you a heads up about the next few weeks. We launched this vision campaign. Every Sunday is themed. We honored our past and we made a promise to the past that we would bring the past with us, the sacrifice, the memories, the respect and honor that we give to our past. Joseph's bones are coming out of Egypt with us. Amen. And then, yes, or two weeks or three days ago, Sunday, uh, I spoke on the subject this day that there are some things that are always true, but they may not be timely. The word of God is always true. And that promise this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears from Luke 4.21 had been written 700 years prior, but it came to pass on that day when Jesus spoke at the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth. So we've honored our past. We've spoken to our present. This coming Sunday at our off-site service, we're going to talk about promoting the future. So it's going to be very unique. Uh, we've talked to several pastors who've done this. For one thing, for us to get to worship together is an unusual thing. To get out of our comfort zone is a good thing. So I appreciate you making the extra effort. We're going to start late so everybody has a little more time to get there. And we found out from going there that sometimes the map programs don't get you there. And I just wanted to make a footnote about the 747. If it is moving, that is not the right place. You are on an active runway. If it is moving, but if it is sitting there by a gate, and there's a picture of it on the directions, then that's the Delta Flight Museum. So I just wanted to make sure that you didn't wind up a casualty of the off-site service. Amen. So then we have Easter. And Easter will be all about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It will not be a part of this campaign. After that, we're going to preach again and focus on the faith that God has given us in our future. We'll be preaching. Brother Marvin Mitchell will be here uh, to preach about uh, succeeding through sacrifice. Some amazing stories of things that God has done through people that have responded in vision campaigns. And then April 30th, a challenge service committing to his revelation. On May 7th, it will be a commitment service of our giving to the campaign. Between now and then, there's a resource booklet and other materials, communication, so that you can pray and seek the Lord. As has been the case for the past 27 years and seven months, uh, we're not going to coerce anyone or suggest how much you're supposed to give, but it will be a time greater than anything we've ever done. And as you're able and God directs you, then we want to give. On May 14th, we're going to have a victory service, a celebration of that announcement. And then on May 21st, May 14th and May 21st, uh, May 14th is Mother's Day. 
So this service will be geared toward Mother's Day, but we'll take time to celebrate the commitment of our church on May 7th. Then back to May 21st, will be a first fruits offering, a sacrificial offering where we give toward this campaign uh, up front, kind of front load this as we're directed of the Lord. On these Wednesday nights, uh, they are themed as well. Tonight is Renew. Next Wednesday night is Agree. And I apologize for a little confusion in the messenger about which night that was. It's next week. And uh, hopefully we clarified that with communication today. Week three, April 12th, is Engage. Week four is Own. And week five is Commit. So every Wednesday night has a specific purpose that is spiritual, that is helping move our church in the right direction. So tonight, I want to teach on this theme of renew. Psalm 103.5, that's our text. Who satisfied thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. In the past, oh, maybe 20 years or so, I've spoken about this some. January 2013, I preached on a new you for a new year, and I talked about the renewing of an eagle's youth. Uh, I wrote about it in, or preached about it just as one illustration in 2020. For my messenger article in 2013, I went back and reviewed this, and it's a fascinating thing about eagles. Now, bald eagles in North America are not the same as the eagles of the Middle East of the land of Israel but they're similar in the way that I will talk about them tonight. The eagles, in the first five years of their development, they become adults. They go through a varied change of plumages uh, as they grow up. During the first four weeks of life, an eaglet's fluffy white down changes to gray woolly down. After about five weeks, black and brown feathers start growing on that eagle. It becomes fully feathered at 10 weeks of age. And at the first year, many of those dark-colored eagles look more like a golden eagle. An American bald eagle looks like a golden eagle. However, it changes over time until a mature bald eagle has that uh, distinctive white head or national symbol. Of course, the uh, Palestinian eagle, the eagle from there is not exactly the same. But the main thing I want to talk about is once that eagle reaches a mature age, about five years old, how is its youth renewed? Now, I've read through the years, you know, stories of eagles going to a rock and pecking and pecking till its beak fell off. I don't really find that as I research this and look into the Bible. What I do find is probably the most plausible explanation of what God had in mind when he wrote about this in Psalm 103, is the molting of an eagle's plumage. A mature bald eagle has about 7,000 feathers. And if you want to count and do a fact check on me, you're welcome to. If you can get a mature bald eagle to hold still long enough, uh, you can count the feathers. But what I found is that when an eagle molts its feathers, it doesn't lose all of them at one time. 7,000 feathers do not fall off. So the eagle is standing there featherless, waiting for its feathers to grow back. As it molts old feathers, the plumage is shed, new feathers grow back. 
So there is never a time in the life of that eagle that it cannot fly. And you could say that for the eagle, it is this process of renewal. Out with the old and in with the new. Getting rid of that which is no longer useful and growing back that which is useful for the future. An eagle can live between 30 and 40 years. But when it finally reaches the end of its life, it will be sporting plumage that is new and not worn out. So the psalmist said that our youth can be renewed in the same way that we can get rid of things in our life that are really holding us down, that are no longer useful and productive, and we can grow in place of that character traits, godliness, new attitudes and actions that are more like Jesus Christ. Renewing is a priority for people, and it is a priority for a church. We need to be careful that in this campaign, this vision campaign, that we are not more focused on a building than we are people. We don't want to be decrepit people with a new building. We need to crush cynicism that is so inherent in our society. We need to pray through distractions and ask God to help us overcome our offenses. And we need to focus on our need to renew. We need a good mirror. We don't need to be like the church in Laodicea who told the Lord, we're increased with goods, we're rich, we don't need anything. We've got it all together. And anytime you ever feel like that, anytime you feel like that, you are deceived. You are deluded. The Lord said that really, Laodicea, you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So in the process of renewal, it has to come with the recognition that there are things about every one of us, every one of us that needs to go, needs to be repented of, need to be released. You don't need to be hurt all your life. You can forgive. You don't need to be a victim all your life. You may have been victimized, but that mentality is getting you nowhere. You need renewal in your life. And that is the focus of this vision campaign is to not be fixated or preoccupied with buildings or fundraising, but on the renewing of our lives and a vision for the future of our church. We know that buildings serve ministries and money pays for buildings. But our goal is to build the kingdom of God to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Now, it is true that churches get old. And if they are not renewed, I'm talking about local churches, corporate bodies. If they are not renewed, which starts individually and then corporately, then they decline and they die. Several years ago, I taught about the autopsy of a deceased church in Revelation 3 and 1. And the angel of the church of Sardis write, these things as he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, your reputation, the Lord said, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. 
People think you're alive, but that's a historical observation. The Lord said, my assessment of you right now, church in Sardis, is that you are no longer alive and vibrant. You are dead. But if Sardis would have been renewed, Sardis could have been a vibrant church for the glory of God. On October 13th, 2019, I taught on the subject of the autopsy of a deceased church. Tom Rainer wrote a book about it by that same title in 2014. They studied 14 specific churches that had gone into decline and had died. I'm aware because of my uh, involvement on the general board that there are parts, in the, parts of the country where a lot of mainline churches that are dying. Uh, Mark Brown in South Dakota has been given a church recently to their district that has been sitting there. I was in Pennsylvania a few weeks ago for their district leaders. The district superintendent showed me a picture of a church that they bought for $20,000. It's over 100 years old. It looks like a painting. It is a beautiful church. It will seat over 100 people, but that church congregation died. Now, I don't feel we're in any danger of dying today. But we're all in danger of dying if we don't molt the old and grow something new in our lives. And if we don't have a future focus as a church. Amen. Tom Rainer pointed out nine symptoms of a church in decline or dead. And I'm not going to teach on them. I'm just going to read his list. The past is worshipped like a hero. The church refuses to look like the community. They run from the community. The budget moves inwardly. The Great Commission becomes the Great Omission. The church becomes a preference-driven church, what people want for themselves rather than the mission of the church. Pastoral tenure decreases. They don't keep pastors because they're dying. The church rarely prays together. I'm glad we're going to pray together tonight. The church has no clear purpose. The church obsesses over facilities and facility usages, the ownership of rooms. I'm glad we have shared space. We have to. Amen? But no one owns a particular spot. It belongs to the church. Amen. If churches are not renewed, they become old and can no longer fly my analogy of the eagle, into the next generation. So whether we like it or not, the plumage of yesterday is falling out. Yesterday's prayers, yesterday's ministries, yesterday's successes are falling out. They're part of our legacy and our history, and they're the pillar upon which we build the future. But we have to build today and be renewed personally and corporately as a church. Amen. We have to grow a new vision, new ministries. We've got to grow a new generation. We've got to reach new lost people. Or we will gray and die as a church. Our church was born in 1961. This year we will celebrate our 62nd birthday. In the life cycle of churches, many churches only live to be 40 or 50 years old and then they start declining and dying. If they're organized around self-preservation and the needs of existing members alone, there is no renewal and there is certain death. 
So today, I'm just reminding us of the need to continually renew ourselves. Amen? So there'll be four emphasis. You'll see them on the screen when we pray to renew our mind, renew my mind, renew my spirit, renew my strength, and renew my vision. I'm going to teach through these four points. Briefly, you'll see the scriptures on the screen when we pray, and there's an overlap in the concepts of how you would define the spirit of the mind and the spirit. First of all, the renewing of our mind, Ephesians 4.23. Paul wrote, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This doesn't necessarily mean a mapping of neurons, but it does refer to thought patterns. It is the spirit of your mind, your outlook on life. You can be old and young in outlook. Amen? Let me try that one more time. You can be old and young in outlook. Amen. It's which direction you're facing. Amen. I know that for many people that are older, you obviously have a lot more history than you have future. Thank God for your history and face the future. Amen. Praise God. I can tell that was really powerful for some people, but I feel it and I could just drill down into that if I had time. Amen. The renewing of the spirit of your mind. Ephesians 2 and 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So this renewing in the spirit of your mind has to be a work of the Holy Ghost. I believe in the grace and grit that God does his part and we must do our part to have a good attitude, a right attitude. Amen. After I was here a few years, some of you were here when we brought in a hundred silhouettes. They were yellow. We put them all over the church. Some people didn't like it. I purposely put them in their seat. I am guilty as charged. I wanted to see how we would react when somebody accidentally sat in our spot. You don't have a spot. If you do, I'm happy for you. But if a, if a, if a guest is there or some saint decided to move and they sat in your spot, if that causes you a spiritual problem, you have a spiritual problem. Amen. Titus 3 and 5 said that it is the renewing of the Holy Ghost to be renewed, put on the new man. It is both powerful and spiritual, and it is a constant process of being renewed. Paul wrote in Romans 12 and 1 to not be conformed to this world, right? Excuse me. He told us, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All of this is so important to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, the way we think, our outlook, our attitudes. We need to be renewed. And then Psalm 51.10, renew my spirit. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Here it is not the Holy Spirit. It is a human spirit. David is praying a prayer of repentance. He's talking to God about reconciliation to God. And it requires a renewed spirit, a transformation of his inner attitudes. He wants a pure heart, 
a steadfast spirit, a willing spirit, not one that is rigid. Stephen's sermon uh, in Acts 7 spoke about stiff neck and hardened ears. Jesus spoke about people whose heart they had closed or ears they had closed. I want my spirit to be renewed so that I have a right outlook with God. I want to make sure that there is no root of bitterness. Moses talked about it. The writer of Hebrews spoke of it in Hebrews 2.15, that we don't want a root of bitterness to spring up and trouble us. I've talked to you about T.L. Craft before, who said, don't ever let anything mess up your spirit. I preached an entire message from J.T. Pugh. I don't hate nobody on purpose exactly the way he said it, not for the grammar teachers here. I don't hate nobody. 2 Corinthians 4.15, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Remember the eagle? The eagle doesn't go to a molting conference and shed all of its feathers at the altar in a single service. And I'm not decrying what can happen in a single service. But you're not going to get everything you need from God in one praying through at an altar. Amen. It can change your life. Amen. It can change the trajectory of your life. But our inner man is renewed day by day. Amen. Not week by week, month by month, year by year. The stuff that needs to die in us. It's a process of dying to the old and growing something new in our lives. Amen. 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 A process of getting rid of the old. Renewal, this process, dying out to old habits and thoughts and attitudes. Repenting, don't ever justify a bad spirit or sin in your life. Amen. When you justify and look the other way and do not immediately repent, I believe you open yourself up to the spirit of that sin because you're going along with the work of the devil in your life. Repent and run. Mortify or kill the deeds of the body, the Bible said. Renew my spirit. And then renew my strength. Isaiah 40. To mature Christians, this is a very common passage. It's so powerful. I want to read it and make a few comments only. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. It doesn't matter what age you are. The stress of life can come to all of us. But Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord. We need to understand what that means, and I'll try to explain what I believe it means to wait upon the Lord. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Waiting upon the Lord in the Hebrew is the idea of an interchange of us giving God our weakness as God gives us his strength. It's to bind together with twisting. It is, it is not just praying, but it's praying when we're giving our sins up. We're giving our stress up. We're not just sitting around. I've heard this preached many ways. 
waiting on the Lord, looking at our watch. It's not mean here. It doesn't mean waiting on the Lord like serving tables, although that's important. It means to exchange something, to exchange weakness that's in us for strength that is in him. If you read that passage again, it is God giving to us something that we do not have. Even young men, he said, are going to be weak. They're going to fall. Everybody is subject to weakness. But God does not get tired, and he dispenses strength that comes into us. Amen. God, I pray that you would renew my strength. A weary body needs rest and nutrition. A weary mind needs meditation and peace from stress. A weary spirit needs strength that only comes from God. The body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. So you need to take care of that temple. It belongs to God. So we can glorify God in our body and our spirit, which are God's. We have this treasure, Paul said, in earthen vessels. So while this outward man is perishing, the inward man is renewed day by day. So if you're carrying a load of sin, you can exchange it for forgiveness. If you're carrying a load of stress, you can exchange it for strength. If you're carrying turmoil, you can exchange it for peace. If you're carrying grief, you can exchange it for comfort. If you're carrying anxiety, you can exchange it for the assurance that comes from God. Waiting on the Lord in prayer and worship is the great exchange so the Lord renews our strength. One last thing, fourth point, renew my vision. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. There's been many people talk about vision. What does this mean? And they cast off restraint and a lot of commentary. Does this really mean the way we see vision? But if you look at it in various translations, I, I believe you can make the case that anybody who loses sight of the future God has for them, loses that heavenly hope, loses a sight of what God is doing in the future, loses their motivation, loses abiding by the law of God. They get weary and well-doing. They cast off restraint. They just quit. They just give up. And as a church, I've already preached and taught about this at the beginning. We want God to renew the vision that he has for his church for the future. Of his kingdom, there is no end, right? But the jury spoke about it in the keynote address on Sunday. This idea of vision is applied to many things. A vision is a picture of what could be and what should be. You know, faith is the evidence of things not seen. So I believe when you pray with vision, you see what God desires and you pray your way to it. Someone told me they were praying for a son that was away from God, somebody not in our church. I said, when you pray, you have grief and a burden, but when you pray, I want you to see your son turning to God. That's what faith is. It is a prayer of faith that you see a picture of that prayer coming to pass. A vision is a picture of a preferable future, something better that God has in store of us. And if you lose sight of the future, you default to the past. We like to sing it Easter because he lives I can face tomorrow, but because he lives, I can turn my face toward tomorrow, toward the future, knowing that God has a great plan for his church. Amen. 
We get all messed up in the gloom and doom of this world, but we have a heavenly hope, a great hope. We have life. We have it more abundantly. We do not need to drown in the despair of this world. God can give us a vision for what he's doing. Amen? If you don't mind, stand right now. Lift your hands to the Lord. And would you thank him, Lord? I know, Lord, that eye has not seen nor ear has heard, Lord, the things that you have in store for your people, Lord. But you have revealed it unto us by your spirit. So tonight we embrace by your spirit what you have provided for us. And like Paul, Lord, we strain for the future. We reach for the future, Lord. We forget the things of the past, God, and, and we are pressing toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, Lord. Renew our vision, I pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So tonight we're going to pray, Lord, renew my mind. Renew my spirit, renew my strength, and renew my vision.